welcome to the Crash the Pond podcast. It is a Monday, January. Oh, I said I said January. Damn it, February seventh edition of the show. Jake, I'm scrambled. I can only hear out of my left ear, and it's already causing issues on the show. Yeah, you know, setting <laughs> this is just going to be a good one. I mean, it, it, it's so, not as if we we already had a uh, strict uh, script to stand by, uh, as you could. I'll probably guess uh, this episode's kind of going to be all over the place, so off to just a great start. Yeah, off to a great start. Me getting the month wrong, um, which is always a, a good sign of things to come. But yeah, dealing with a little tech issue. Can't hear out of my right ear. Uh, not my actual ear, but like my, my right headphone. Um, don't good, worry. Good, haven't, good, haven't, good to make that distinction there. <laughs> haven't gone deaf on my right side. I have checked that, by the way. Uh, there are There are some foolproof ways of checking that um oh, so that's wow. a, that's a good start that, wow I think, I think that that's a good place to start we're just off to a wonderful start here all right look i think that the number one place to start here is what we witnessed over the last weekend which was trevor zegris doing it again trevor yeah. zegris capturing the attention of the hockey world trevor zegris just doing what he always does which is leave us wondering how the hell did he just do that yeah i mean here's the thing and, and this is something that kind of I think what is so interesting when you put it in this perspective, right? Trevor Zegers wasn't an all-star. Probably should have been, wasn't, whatever. It is what it is. He was flown out there for one purpose and one mm-hmm. purpose only, and that was to show up during this uh, breakaway challenge to put on a show for the fans. And for him to not only show up and do that, but exceed any expectation for it is kind of wild when you when you think about it of – just the ability to be a showman and show up and put on a show for the fans on one of the bigger stages in the regular season for the exact purpose that you were taken there for. Right. Right. Like that's the crazy thing. And like, we can talk about the move. It's just stupid that he does that. He does it blindfolded. Even if he can see out of the blindfold somewhat, it's, it's insane that he can pull that off. And so it, I was just, it's one of those things where you see it happen live and you aren't necessarily sure what you saw. And then once you see the replay and see actually what he did and that stop with the puck and then the pullback, it's just absolutely chef's kiss. I don't think there's any other way to put it. Yeah. Well, so I guess I do really agree with that point you made, which is that with the fact that he was only there to do that, basically, to, to be a showstopper, and to get everyone out of their seat and the fact that he pulled it off and there was no letdown effect. There was no like, ah, well, at least you tried kind of like narrative to it. The fact that he hit it completely out of the park, that's the part that really, I think, shocked me the most. And I think what's cool is that the NHL brought out some of the content creators from Instagram, you know, the trick shot artists or the skills coaches like Pavel Barber, Elevato 2, um, and they had those guys working with the guys in the skills competition prior to the actual event and kind of just spitballing ideas and helping them practice. And I think that, you know, I'm sure Trevor Zegris, uh, I don't have any doubt this was his own idea and he pulled it off regardless, but it's cool that the NHL kind of went that extra mile to bring in people who, I mean, that's what they do for a living basically. And yeah. I mean, just, just, just to give it everyone an idea about that move, because a lot of people don't even know what they just saw. So that move is called the Zorro. That's what people call it in like skills coaching. And what it is, is you flip the puck on its side 
and then you're able to kind of turn it over and basically scoop it around kind of like a lacrosse stick. And you've seen Austin Matthews do that in warmups. That was probably the first time that people really saw it in a high profile event. The thing though, with the Zorro is that it's, it's not that hard to do in front of you, but it's really hard to do it in a 360 like Zegers did and going against the grain. You basically have to pivot your entire body. And like you mentioned to then pull it back and score and be blindfolded and dodge a bunch of dodgeballs being thrown at you by <laughs> yeah. numerous NHL mascots. <laughs> like so many things had to go right for that thing to be so epic. And it was. And I think that we just have to sit here and appreciate the fact that Trevor Zegers is an absolute gift to society. He 100% is. And I'm going to be honest here. This may be a hot take or whatever. I don't care that he didn't win either. There's uh, a lot of people I mean, that... I know you don't care and I don't think it should matter, but it just... It's just so NHL that he didn't win, right? Well, sure, but here's at the end of the day what matters from this, right? And this is kind of the way well, that he, I come he, at he it. Won, he won the moral victory because no one was talking... Like, no one even knows what Alex Petrangelo did. Like, no, one, no one can even remember it. And no one really... People somewhat remember Jack Hughes's one, but still not even to the same extent oh, as Oh, you know, I give Jack Hughes credit for trying. Yeah, I will, like, like, 100%. That's the thing is, is Trevor Zegers could have had something like that, which is like, okay, that was cool. It's all you know, so you, many. You you tried something, right? Like, that would have been fine. But again, he hit it out of the park. Yeah. And so here's kind of where I come at it from, is that at the end of the day, especially the in-arena judges, none of them are really going to know hockey that well, depending on who it is. And some of it's going to be biased towards being in the arena. That's why... Uh, Petrangelo got what he got. Like it is what it is. He's the hometown guy. It doesn't bug me because at the end of the day, what's the gift that's going to show up? What's the highlight that's going to show up for years and years and years. It's not going to be Petrangelo. It's not going to be Hughes. It's going to be Trevor Zegers pulling that off blindfolded with dodgeballs being thrown at him. That's, that's the memorable moment. That's the takeaway. And at the end of the day, that's what for me, at least from an all-star game, what matters the most out of all of it. You're saying that Troy Terry's uh, accuracy contest uh, performance. Hey, is he did pretty well. The most? He did pretty well. Also, going to remember uh, Trevor Zegers in the high in the video where he was mic'd up today, saying, "I don't know. I just love Troy Terry." <laughs> you know, he's well, just one of us. Yeah, I mean, he he just I I still can't really get over the fact that he did that. I I have watched the actual clip. Like I was saying this in our Discord, our Patreon Discord, but. It's been a long time since I've seen a move done and I instantly want to go try it. Like I want to figure out how to do it. The last time this happened to me was when I was a kid and I first saw when I first downloaded the video of the Michigan off of LimeWire and saw it, the original Michigan clip. Oh, wow. Yeah. Little, little LimeWire reference for you. Wow. Um, but yeah, and I remember trying it in my driveway until I finally could do it. And I remember the day that I figured out how thrilled I was. So I think I'm going to have to hit up uh, an ice time here at our local rinks and go try that because, uh, you that know, was I mean, really you, cool. you talked a big game saying that you could definitely pull off that move. Well, I can do the first part, the very first part, just like the initial, like waving back and forth, but the actual spin is the part that I'm going to need some time to perfect. Sure. 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 Well, uh, anything else though, from the all-star game, I, did you watch the actual all-star game? Yeah. And I wish I didn't. It's so it's just so boring. Like none of the guys are trying. The format is stupid. There was an offside review that canceled out a goal that would have made it a one goal game with like a minute left. Um, I'm sorry, but the all-star game in the NHL just sucks. It always kind of has um, the, the, the skills night 
is really the highlight of the weekend, the game yeah. itself. And like the thing is, the like, it's so like the the commentators, like like Mark Messier, was was imploring the guys to to put in some effort. He was like, oh, you know, Patrice Bergeron's going to get out there and really set the tone. Um, and it's just like I don't think there's anything you can do to motivate these guys to a not be hungover out of their minds for the game and b to actually try in a game that doesn't matter when they're already fatigued from a crazy season. And on top of that, a crazy COVID season. Like, I don't begrudge the players for not trying. It's just the the event has no incentive for them to do so. The more I thought about it, the more I realized Trevor Zegers, like, had the best role in all of All-Star Game. Oh, yeah. Because he got to go, do his one event, go out, party the night after, and not have to be up for the game the next day. Yeah, and not get COVID. Uh, yeah, as as did Jack Hughes, unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah, I I was out and about during the game, so I did not watch. Came home, turned it on, watched two minutes of it. Saw Mark Stone just like casually strolling. It's so embarrassing. And I'm just like, yeah, I I don't need to watch this. The only All Star game that I can really remember that was really fun, where the game was fun. There was one. I forget. And you know which, which one, one was. right? I don't know actually. It was the one in Nashville with John Scott. Yeah, yeah, because it felt like there was because I feel like okay, the, the Pacific was trying to to win to give John John Scott a car. Well, that's the thing is like I I hate to take this uh this page out of wrestling's book, but I feel like you need it's an entertainment product more than any other game of the year, and you need like a narrative, you need a storyline for yeah, the game. Exactly, you you for, need fa- you need baby faces and you need heels. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's kind of what. Um, Good guys, bad that, guys. That's what Tom Wilson was during the skills competition. Like it kind of got the crowd going to have someone to boo. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think that if they're going to do this again, you just need a storyline. Like, I think that that's the way that you get people engaged. Yeah. Um, it, it's almost as if the thing that the NHL hated the most from an all-star game of the last decade was the most engaging one. The one that drew you in mean the, the all-star fans. draft. Oh, oh no, I'm talking just about talking John about John Scott. Scott. But also, yes, the All Star draft, draft. Was like, Bring back the draft. Why are we doing this again? Because Phil Kessel got embarrassed. No, because they did it one more year afterwards, and that was when Ovechkin like lobbied to be taken last because oh, he wanted a car. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the re- the real reason why is because I mean I think the NHL got embarrassed with how drunk everyone got. Yeah, but like that's the fun of it, though. Yeah, like, let's just watch these guys just hammer it out of their minds. I think we could honestly see that coming back more and more with the fact that they're embracing the personalities of the players more and more. Yeah, because that's like the weekend isn't like I don't think we want a game that's super important, like that's super intense with checking and uh, you know something like that. We don't want a game seven of the Stanley Cup final. We just want there to be some kind something at stake. And so I don't. If, I don't want Mark Stone. I don't want Mark Stone in the neutral zone skating uh, weaker th- or skating not as even as hard as I do in beer league when I'm back checking. Which yeah, let's be real here, isn't very hard. Also, seeing Mark Stone uh, sans sans helmet, uh, that flow, <laughs> he's got the struggle flow going on. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I'll say. It's definitely um, uh, getting away from him. <laughs> the cows are coming home. Uh, uh, yeah, but yeah, so. Overall, though, I mean, the All-Star game, the, the game itself expectedly sucked, but the skills night was fun. I understand that it was kind of cringy for a lot of people, like some aspects of it. Like, Also, during the game, there was the Machine Gun Kelly performance, but he, he was like clearly lip-syncing the entire time, like like the most brutal lip-sync you'll ever see. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what what were your thoughts on the, the games in the outside, the, the two new ones that came in? 
this one the the fountain oh, game boy. and the and the oh the boy 20, don't get me started 21 I mean, and 22 Let, let's hear it well first off i'm forgetting the name of the player so this is really bad let me let me pull was up it zach warensky no jocelyn lamaru davidson oh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah yeah so i don't know what the <laughs> oh Derek england well okay i have two things about okay now i have like <laughs> i have so many things to say now first off why why in the hell why in the hell is Derek England possibly like he's in the top five least skilled players to ever play NHL hockey, right? Like, like has to be. Yeah. Why is he commentating on a skills event? I do not care about his input on this. Well, and to make matters worse, he's, he's, he's a cardboard. Like he's, he's, a you know, plank. He's you got know, nothing to say, you know, what's such an easy thing to do. Talk to the other broadcast partner, TNT and see if Paul Bissonette can appear on ESPN like, like that's and be commentating on it. And this, I, I saw Bissonette was already there because they did something spit and chick. Well, well, that's the thing. Else. Well, that's the thing is that Bissonette, like, same argument, like, is not was not a skilled player whatsoever. No. But he's funny. Like, yeah. he's got a personality. You know Derek that England, he would be he would be in those guys' ears chirping him, making fun of them the entire time. I could have done a better job than Derek Englund. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, like that's that's been the theme of my reactions to this game. But it's true. Um, but the cringiest moment for me of that entire thing was and i don't know who the other commentator's name was i keep forgetting um but when he so they made jocelyn lamaru oh, davidson uh, jerry d yeah they made him they, they made her part of the event which was really cool um mm-hmm. and he goes to interview her and the very first thing he says is obviously you're the only woman here it's just like why did that need to be said i'm pretty sure we all have two eyes and two ears i can only hear out of one right now uh not because i'm deaf in one ear but it's just like why did that need to be said? I'm pretty sure she's aware. I'm pretty sure like it's it's just I know that people don't want to hear this because they're tired of all the cancel culture of what what have you, but it's just like you you sound like an idiot saying something like that. Yeah. Um and he was also just very poor at his job. Like the, the guys clearly weren't really enjoying the line of questioning. So the outdoor kind of like you know on the Bellagio pool or whatever, I think it had a lot of potential, but the the camera angles were kind of weird. I don't know why they made pucks that had to be hit. Before. Yeah. <laughs> why wouldn't just like, let them be lit up. Mm-hmm. Like just yeah. have them pre-lit. Right. Exactly. And so I think that that one was just really, un- just unfortunately a good concept that kind of fell flat for a number of different reasons. Um, by the way, I think I could have beaten some of those times. Again, also, I'm they talking should... a big game. How did they, uh, how do they not show them going out there in the boat? I feel like that would have been an entertaining <laughs> visual, right? Yeah, we, we need just like a we need like a live feed of on the boat as they're sneaking in drinks. Did you see uh, John Gibson, by the way, with it with a Gatorade cup in his hand the entire time during the skills competition? No, I didn't. That's great. By the way, uh Austin Price five two nine saying, uh, reporting on the barricade went to Felix's head and now he's deaf in one ear. <laughs> Look, I promise you I'm not actually deaf in one ear. Uh, I hope not. Uh and okay, but so the card game, I think the card game was a little more interesting. Because you didn't have the weird lighting. You didn't have the weird angles. Um, I think the players themselves were a little more into it, which kind of yeah. helped. Yeah. J- Joe Pavelski is a sniper. I, I was just going to say, Joe Pavelski is what made that the most interesting because he seemed like on a mission by himself to just yeah. amp up everyone else, whereas there was no one well, doing so I, that. I, I thought, in the... I, thought St- I thought Stammer was pretty funny, too. He was. Stammer, wow. Uh, nickname basis over there with Stamkos. <laughs> well, with no, Stam I, I, I've said that before on the show, and you've had the same reaction, okay. so I'm just keeping it up. It's a But bit, yeah, uh, Pavelski was like, he actually was trying to get other guys amped, whereas on the island one, no one, 
I mean, everyone made no the one same wanted to be there. It <laughs> everyone, like everyone made ship. everyone made the same joke of, well, I'll just go jump in the water. Someone <laughs> should have actually just jumped in the water. I really wanted all, that. You can happen. only have so many people make that threat before someone actually has to do it. I wanted Zach Wierenski to jump in after yeah. he lost. That would have been really funny. Yeah, would have. Um, but yeah, so like that was the weird thing with that event is that I feel like they, they should have just had like one camera angle or two, right? Like a main one so you can see where the shots are going, and then one to like zoom in as the shots get actually uh, flung out. I so. don't know if Winterborn meant this. But this is a great idea that I'm par- piggybacking off what he said because he said shoot from the boats and Pirates of the Caribbean to make it into the ride boats. Um, if whenever the Ducks get an All Star game, right, they have to do some competition at Disneyland. Yeah, I think I think that that's the key here. Shoot from uh, the castle. Teacups. <laughs> just Teacups? just host the whole All Star game at Disneyland. <laughs> I mean, that, I think it's it's probably. Oh wait, beautiful. I missed this. O Dog eighty one said All Star Game in Anaheim where they do skill events on uh, Disneyland rides. Yes, yeah. yes. I think that I think people would be on board with that. Um, yeah. What What's the best one? I don't. I mean, I haven't been to Disneyland in in over a decade now. Um. So. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, Splash Mountain. Uh huh. Fastest okay. skater turn Splash Mountain into ice. It's a crashed <laughs> be, ice course. I, I think there would have to be some waivers signed before that. I don't, <laughs> know if the players, I don't know if the players would be on board for that. Yeah, probably uh, not. Yeah, but no, but I think it is cool that they tried to incorporate the local scene and try to make it unique as opposed <clears throat> as opposed to kind of just your run-of-the-mill, hardest shot, accuracy, fastest skater. Is it weird that I just don't care about hardest shot anymore? No, and also one thing I want to mention, someone – I was listening to a podcast saying someone mentioned like how awkward it must've been in the building when they were showing these events that were recorded the night before. Yeah. Also they shouldn't have been recorded. They should have just let them doing, but regardless, um, the reason why they, they definitely had them recorded and played them at those times was they were Zamboni the ice. Uh huh. Okay. That's 100% wise. They, they right. were all right about 16 to 20 minutes, which is about the amount of time an intermission is. Uh-huh. So they probably did enough. They wanted to get a, sh- a fresh sheet of ice for the next competition. So they did that, had the ice freeze, and then everyone came back out. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it was uh, – It's a good way I, to kill I, kill an intermission. I, I, I didn't mind that they did that. I think that some people were saying that the, the pre-edited version of the card game was a lot better. So – Anyway, but I, I think overall, I, I would give the Vegas All-Star Game weekend a passing grade. Yeah, it wasn't a 10 out of 10. It was Definitely maybe, not. Maybe it was, not it even. Was like, it was like a 7. It was like a 6. And and all 6 points are from the, are from well, the breakaway challenge. Well, well, a 6 isn't passing. Okay, well, I, it's better than 5 out of 10. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Actually, Ds are passing in some, in some colleges. Depends. So, you may be wrong there. Uh... Anything else on All Star Weekend? Not really. Any, honestly, anything on John Gibson's performance? Uh, didn't watch the All Star game, so I can't tell you about his oh. performance during the game. I mean, he got shellacked. Is is but the takeaway? He was good in the the what was it the whatever that the stop, save streak save streak. There we go. Yeah, you didn't you didn't watch. You just didn't pay attention. Oh, I watched the save streak. Gibson was good, and everyone was mad that uh, Demko screwed him over. Yeah. The oh, and then. I think the other funny one was Kirill Kaprizov in the breakaway challenge. So is Kaprizov thing. a left-handed shot and he got a right-handed yeah. stick? Okay. Yeah, he definitely Because yeah. he looked very awkward coming in. I was yeah, like, no, I don't think he's that bad at hockey. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I, I, I would imagine not. But uh, that was cool. Overall, I mean, I'm just 
I thought it was really neat to see Trevor Zegras uh, pull that off and to do it so seamlessly and just and just to really hit out of the park again. Now, another kind of interesting thing to come out of All Star Weekend, I thought, was the feature that ESPN did yes. on Trevor Zegras. It was it's about eight minutes long, I think. It's not. Yep. It's not. It's not very lengthy, but. I think it was a nice little peel behind the curtain of just how Trevor Zegras approaches the game because I think the way that he plays and the things that he's done this year and to date in his career leave this room for interpretation for people of, oh, he's out there to show off. He doesn't respect the competition, what have you. And I think that he came off pretty genuinely in that feature that that's just who he is. He's just being himself. Yeah, 100%. So let me ask you this after watching that feature. Did mm-hmm. you put on your rollerblades and go right uh, right on the peninsula to try to find him? <laughs> well, so that was actually by Bal- that was the bay that was Balboa yeah. Bay. So it's behind the it's it's not on the peninsula. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Actually, there was a cool cameo of one of my favorite spots in Newport, which is uh, Bear Flag Fish Co. I feel you like had... every everyone down there loves that. Well, yeah. Let's just put it this way: the Ducks players really fit the uh, the mold, the archetype of people that go there. I'll just, I'll just leave it, leave it at that. Um, I also love that they put Max Jones in the feature that he's Max, just like, he's just Max like Jones this... is really getting the rub in a lot of these things. Yeah. Like his like, Twitter, that... his, his Twitter personality, everything yeah, like, like what's that. What's going on here? I think are, are we missing out on Max Jones? I guess so. I mean, I mean, it, it, I feel like he's got a solid, like Paul Bissonnette future in front of him. Yeah. You know, fourth liner that ends up being a celebrity. Yeah, I mean Oops. Max Jones could definitely wow, just just uh hey just sending that out there for everyone. But I mean, if they want to bring back any of their bits that they used to do with Kessler and uh and Bieksa, there's yeah. Zegris and Jones. Yeah. I I I kind of like that cuz yeah, you can tell Jones is a little bit of the uh the foil to Zegris. Again, yeah. to to use a wrestling wrestling I mean, term. What? Foil is not a wrestling <laughs> okay, term. Okay, here's here's what I didn't understand though about Zegris's uh interview. Okay. The very end, where where Emily Kaplan asks him, uh, "What would you? What's the one move if you could do anything in a game that you would want to try?" Oh yeah, the butt end. Okay, I have a question. Is that legal? I don't I th- think it is. Think it is. I don't think you're allowed to do that. Why wouldn't it be? Well, you're not allowed to butt end people. Yeah, but it, you're not allowed no- to use your butt end. Are you forcing me to actually look up the I think, rule book I think right you're now? gonna look it up. I think you're gonna be forced. To, you're gonna be coerced into looking it up. <sighs> okay, I'm looking. NHL rule book. Uh, I need to find the current rules. There we go. I've never uh, seen a player use their butt end to to make a play on a puck. Well, because butt ending is a penalty, but that's if you butt end someone. Right, but I feel like it's frowned upon to have your butt end just <laughs> out and about. <laughs> wow, is it Felix? Is it frowned issue? upon? Issue. Wow. This podcast is just uh, going all over the place. It's it's, uh, it's, it's our all-star weekend podcast. It is. Um, you know what? While I look this up, why don't you any, – any follow-up thoughts on Pat Verbeek getting hired by the Ducks, though? Seeing as we, wow. had our, we had our podcast on last Thursday, our emergency pod, and there's been a couple days. Uh, have you yeah. been able – have you uh, changed your mind, added any more context, anything like that over the last little bit? Well, so I wrote an entire article about it for the fourth period, which – Hopefully, we'll be up sometime this month, maybe this year, if I'm lucky. Uh, no no bitterness there whatsoever. But uh, no, I, I think that the more I've had time to think about it, the more I've come to the conclusion that this is a good hire for the Ducks, that this is something that they needed. They needed someone that 
someone that checks every single box. I think the the problem maybe with a Madden or a Solomon or some of these other assistants from other teams is that they don't they don't quite check all the boxes. They don't have quite the breadth and depth of experience that Pat Verbeek does. Now, of course, Pat Verbeek has never been a general manager, and that remains to be seen how he'll perform. But he kind of offers this this array of experiences that no one else could really match. And I think that that's, I mean, Henry, Henry Samuel even said it, like that's what made him really enticing was his, part of it was his time with Steve Eiserman. And so I think the Ducks just needed someone like that to come in to really breathe in some fresh air and give them a sense, an air of professionalism that they really haven't had because let's face it, Bob Murray, by all accounts, did not act very professionally as a, as the general manager of the ducks. And so, I mean, to think about the fact that the ducks haven't had a, a new GM since 2008, haven't named a new GM since 2008, I think it's going to be a bit of a shell shock for people like how much differently this franchise is going to operate on a day-to-day basis moving forward now in yeah. the post Murray era. Yeah. And, and I think really kind of my, my biggest takeaway is we're going to have the ability to see kind of him put his plan to action really quickly. Mm-hmm. And so kind of any reservations, any excitement, anything like that, any, any of your thoughts, we're going to have instant uh, validation one way right. or the other in, yeah. in terms I mean, of how, how he actually views this roster, what he wants to do in terms of shaping it. What, what are his views overall? Because right. if for instance, he decides he's going to extend Lindholm or Cal Manson, that sets the, the bar moving forward for what he's thinking. If he moves all of them, that changes everything also. And so right. we'll, we'll have a good idea one way or the other. Right, exactly. And I think one of my frustrations, though, in the fallout of the Pat Verbeek hiring is just just this choir of discussion about Hampus Lindholm and how he is really going to be the barometer for where this is going to go and how he's just this, this special player that you can't move on from uh, and that how is that going to affect John Gibson? And, and we've already talked about this on the show, but I really... It's just so stark to me how people are just not paying attention this year to how Hampus Lindholm is actually playing. Because if you look at the numbers, it's not that he's been bad per se. It's just that he's been so far below what we've come to expect of him. And you could even argue he's been below replacement level, at least in some, definitely some respects. In some stretches, yeah. Yeah. And like, so, I think he's had some really good stretches. I think of late, he definitely hasn't been as good as uh, as a lot of people have made him out to be. He's actually been, this last like 10 game stretch has been probably one of the worst stretches of the season for him. Right. Like it's, it's well and good that, you know, that the Ducks are finally getting kind of a bit more of the spotlight and that they're getting some more discussion, uh, you know, from the bigger podcasts and the bigger news networks. I think it's great. It's good for us. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But for example, I was on TSN 1260 last Friday, the Edmonton station. And they were asking me, or was it TSN? No, it was one of the two. It was either the Montreal one or the Edmonton yeah. one. But they, they were just, asking, just just hype yourself up, right? No, but they were asking me, what do you think of this? What do you think of this great young player who doesn't get talked about a lot, uh, Isaac Lundestrom? And I just, <laughs> it's like if if you could have seen my face, it's like something kind of like I like twitched a little, like, oh, are you trying to trigger me right now? <laughs> and I and I basically just threw a, a bucket of cold water on it because it's like no, like just because he's a you know, he's, he kills penalties and, and what and he's have had, you. And he's had some production this year. Right. Like, you got to watch him play. You got to actually look at the numbers. He has not been that. So I think that there is definitely 
this weird disconnect between the narrative that's surrounding the Ducks and the reality of how these players are affecting winning and losing. So yeah, and, a bit of a rant it, by me. I feel like I'm 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 having a well, little yeah, because I I think the discussion is a lot around the the Ducks and a lot of it is around the fact that what does moving all these guys do to the locker room? And I think that right. that's just such a, it's the wrong conversation. It's kind of, it's kind of a red herring. No, like well, it, it's, it's, it, it's a, it's irrelevant to me, honestly, mm-hmm. well, because that's what I'm saying like, well, like because it, it, it's distracting from what the actual bigger picture is. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like when you look back on, on playoff runs, right. Or, or, or trading guys away, did something that happened, I don't know, two, three years ago, really change anything this year? Mm-hmm. Uh, from no. a locker room perspective, probably not. And so does that really matter? No. Like there, there's some conversation around, well, how do you move Nick Delorier because he's such a locker room guy? And oh, that would yeah. Be such a, that oh. would be such, that would be such a, I, I, a, I was, a shot. I was screaming when that, such, when that was such being a, discussed. Such a shot at the locker room. And I'm just like, but this is never about this season. But so. th- that's the thing. This locker room, as much as you want these guys to be happy and, and to feel uh, you know, like they, they're on this great team. This locker room this season is not the one that matters. It's the locker room in ne- like next season, two seasons from now. That's the one where maybe you start thinking about the delicate balance of chemistry. Right now, I know that the Ducks are really happy that they have Nick Delorier to protect Trevor Zegras, but you can't let that stop you from getting potentially a first round pick for him. I don't know if that's actually going to happen. That was the ask last season. But the whole point is that you can't really worry too much about all of this and how it'll affect the locker room because it's as we've said so many times, it's not about this season. Right, exactly. And I and when you're rebuilding, which as Pat Verbeek has literally said, they're in the middle of a rebuild, uh, you gotta make really hard decisions and you gotta be a little like you said on the last show, you gotta be a little cold and calculating. Anthony Mantha. The the Red Wings moved out Anthony Mantha yeah. last year after just signing him to a deal well, to and a guy that I think they liked also. And I'm sure Anthony Mantha would love to be part of this Red Wings turnaround. I'm sure he didn't feel great about having to leave there. I mean, of course, yeah. I don't I don't know him personally or anything like that. And so, yeah, if the Ducks were to move on from a Lindholm or a Raquel or a Manson, like it's, there's probably going to be some mixed emotions for both from teammates and from those guys personally. But look, Hampus Lindholm, he, I'm sure he wants to get paid. I don't, I don't think he wants out or anything. But I'm sure he wants to get paid and he wants to get his. And from a Ducks perspective, we've said this over and over and over, the team has to look out for its own best interests as well. Yep. And and they're and it's not in their best interest to not trade Hampus Lindholm. Yep. And it's and it's not in their best interest to extend him either, to sign nope. him to this crazy extension. Nope. Like like for me, it just shouldn't even be a conversation whether or not he's coming back. And also, by the way, uh scoring a goal, as long as it's directed in by the stick, it's good. Wow. Okay. So the dream is on. Yeah. The dream is alive. And with all that, it's time for a word from our sponsor. So today's podcast or tonight's podcast is brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef is the most sustainable meal kit. You can enjoy your greens while being green. Green Chef is the most sustainable meal kit, offsetting 100% of the, their plastic packaging in every box and 100% of their carbon footprint and emissions. Green Chef's pre-portioned ingredients means you'll actually reduce your food waste by at least 25% compared to grocery store grocery shopping. And it's also convenient and easing. Green Chef makes cooking so easy that you can spend less time stressing and more time enjoying delicious home-cooked meals. Green Chef's pre-made and pre-measured sauces, dressings, and spices get you more chef-curated flavor and less time of 
avoiding long lines at the grocery store uh, or avoid long lines at the grocery store. Green Chef is so convenient with pre-portioned, easy-to-follow recipes that are delivered right to your door. Green Chef saves you time by taking time, care of your meal planning, grocery shopping, and most of the prep uh, for you week after week so you don't have to. And Green Chef also has specialty diets in mind. They have options for every lifestyle, including keto, uh, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, fast and fit, Mediterranean, and gluten-free. Whether you're looking for carb-conscious, gluten-free, plant-based, or calorie-conscious options, or you just want to have delicious, balanced dishes, Green Chef has flavorful, uh, good-for-you recipes that are sure to satisfy. So, Felix... Green Chef has been kind enough to to send us some meals over the the. I mean, they've now been a sponsor for this podcast for probably about a year now. Yeah. Um. What What are your some uh, some of your favorite meals? Yeah. So very lately, the Moroccan shrimp bisque is that how you pronounce it, or is it bisque? Bisque. I think. Well, it's a French word, so I'm gonna go with bisque just to just to be counter. Uh, but very delicious. I mean, you've got zucchini, tomato, feta, spiced yogurt, almonds, just this perfect concoction of flavors. Super delicious, healthy for you. Everything is accounted for. They have all of the macronutrients on the actual bag that it comes with. So that way you know exactly what you're putting into your body. And again, you get that perfect balance of flavor as well as health. So I'm, I'm a big fan of that one in particular. Yep, and some other things on the menu this week if you were to uh, uh, check it out. They have blackened shrimp sam- uh, sandwiches, barbecue cheeseburger stuffed peppers, cauliflower and kale salad, creamy truffle and mushroom linguine. Just lots of delicious meals, easy to make, um, and, and really kind of making things simple for you. So you can go to greenchef.com slash ctp130 and use code CTP130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. Once again, you can go to greenchef.com slash CTP130 and use code CTP130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. That's Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Man, I, I'm catching some flack for my, my bisque uh, pronunciation. Yeah, Ouch. you're wrong. It's bisque. Why the hell would it be bisque? It's it's just that that's incorrect. Isn't Bisque the a location in France? Oh no, that's Basque. Oof. Well, Basque is both in Spain. It's a region both in Spain and France. So well, there you go. You're just completely off. Um, yeah, I think I might. Maybe I got got. Yeah, I, you I, got. I, I think I think I may have to eat crow on this one. We'll see. Bisque we'll see. pronunciation. Oh Let's God. See. Don't do this to me. Let's see. Uh, can you hear that? No. Oh, well, well, everyone oh. else could. Oh, I just heard it. Crap. Damn it. Yeah, yep. but you know, Google get, can get things wrong. Don't, don't be so sure. It, that's the American pronunciation. Let's see what the British pronunciation is. Yeah, it's the same. Damn. Look up uh, South African and New Zealand <laughs> and Australian. And then yeah. get back to me. <laughs> Turns then out we, we had someone on Twitter tell us, uh, yeah, definitely all different. Okay, well, this is this is a bit of a bit of a situation here that I'll gladly move on from. Uh, yeah. So, any other final thoughts on Pat Verbeek before we move into questions? I think that the thing I'm most curious about isn't so much. I mean, I'm very curious about the trade deadline, just like everyone else, and I'm I'm very excited to see where that will go. But I think the thing that we haven't spent a lot of time talking about, I know we have a bit, but that isn't being discussed a ton elsewhere, is just what will happen this summer. Right, because there's so much work ahead in terms of picking a coach, picking a staff, 
making decisions on guys longer term. There's a lot still to be decided, and it it's just going to be fascinating to see where it all goes. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think I mentioned this on Thursday's pod, but it's going to be fascinating to see what happens after the deadline because I, I think this deadline is going to be huge. But I think then there's also going to be a lot of work to be done with their college free agents and see what they do there. Yeah, by um, the way, nothing is worse than Trevor Zegra Z- from Bob from Murray, Murray. On, yeah. on trade on, on a draft day. Nothing yeah. worse than that. Yep, exactly. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. There was something else I wanted to bring up, but I cannot remember off the top of my head what that was. I guess uh, Pat Verbeek's already gotten to work. He's uh, taking in some goals games as of now. Oh. You would assume that uh, he is going to get to work and he's start thinking, working. He's thinking, hmm, Jamie Drysdale would look great in this lineup. Yeah. Uh, our very own CJ Woodling with an article actually on Crash the Pond about that. Yeah. Go check that out. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, I remember the other thing. The big news around the NHL. Something that is worth talking about because it could impact the Ducks with how uh, the person that uh, uh, basically taught uh, Pat Verbeek how to be a GM, how he views cap space. And that is the Vegas Golden Knights are looking uh, very close, or Jack Eichel's looking very close to coming back for the Vegas Golden Knights. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, Vegas is going to need to clear out $10 million to make that work. And one thing I want to make kind of abundantly clear at the start of this. Oh, God. It's going to be about Kessler. The Kessler contract is uh, absolutely Why nothing. do you keep – no one is talking about this. There's lo- you. No, everyone except, is talking about you. it. you. Legitimately, oh, okay. Cap Friendly had to put out a tweet about it. Oh, I wasn't on Twitter today. Yeah. Cap Friendly – basically, here's the issue. If the, the Ducks were just – let's just say nothing exchange – Ducks send uh, Vegas Kessler's contract. Uh, the, yes, they gain Kessler's LTIR, but they also gain his cap it. So it's a net nothing because they can then spend six point eight seven five over their current over their current cap, but they're also gaining Kessler's six point eight seven five. So it's a net nothing and does absolutely nothing. Um, Is that what net nothing means? That it does absolutely nothing? Yeah, exactly. There okay. you go. Um, so any trade from Vegas is going to actually have to send money out. There's really no benefit to them getting Kessler. So including him in deals. Makes yeah. No I sense. feel like that's always been now that you mention it. I feel like that's something that's always been kind of just thrown out there is, Oh, the ducks and the Kessler. Contract. The, the only time this, it was big. Well, it's, I feel like it's more to help a team. That's like that needs to exceed that has to exceed the cap. No, well, not that's trying to clear cap space. Well, it's also, yeah, it cl- exceed the cap floor. But the other thing for the ducks is, I think the reason that's constantly brought up is people assume, oh, it's dead money. The Ducks are going to want to move that out, right? Because they don't want to be paying well, for someone to I mean, play for nothing. Well, I mean, look how much cap. They have $11 million in cap well, space. Well, it's not only that, but also the fact that 75% of that contract, I think is what Frank Saravelli had reported, is covered by insurance. So the Ducks right. are only paying 25% of that deal. Right. Um, and so it's just there's no reason for them to move it. Maybe they want to save I mean, that the, little. The, the Ducks could solve Vegas's entire cap problem without having to do anything. Yeah, just with exactly. the cash that they have right now. Yeah, like, and, and here's the thing. I mean, it depends, and this is my big question. I think probably what's going to happen is Vegas is going to want to try to move out Dadanov and Smith. Mm-hmm. I think that those are probably the two likely ones because those both on their own clear out enough money and make Eichel work. That's $10 million right there. Dadanov has two years left, though, and or one year left after this one. If they view him as a negative value contract – then the Ducks should be jumping all over that. Verbeek should be calling uh, up Kelly McCrimmon right now and seeing if he can get a first-round pick for taking on Dadanov's deal. Hmm. Interesting. Because Dadanov is making five mil for the next two years. If you recall, yeah. with David Backus, there was one year additional 
right. uh, on that deal. The Ducks got a first round pick for that. And what was what was uh, Bagus's cap hit? It wasn't like there was four some, point something. And there was some salary retention to get it down to four point something. Right. So if you just take on the full Dadanov hit, you could definitely probably get at least a first for it. Yeah, and I mean. Oh, Dadanov does have a 10-team no-trade clause, though, as SJ Hawking points out. So I don't know if Dadanov is worth the money anymore, but he's still a he's still an effective player. He's still a guy that can yeah. contribute. So, so I mean, it, it just depends. I mean, the thing is, they're, they're going to have their backup against the wall, right? They're going to have to move money out. Mm-hmm. I doubt a team's going to want to pay assets for someone that has more than a, that has term left yeah. on his deal. So I think it's a negative value deal where the Ducks could probably get something out of Vegas for that. Yeah. So I, I would highly assume I mean, that what, they, the, 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 the Golden Knights are running out of things to give. I mean, they have yeah. their, they have next year's picks. Like but, I think they, Riley, I think Riley Smith, you can end up uh, offloading from their team and get assets back. Right. I don't think you can do that with Dadanov though. And so that's where if I'm Pat Verbeek, that's one of the first things I'm doing is I see, I have this cap space. I see that next season is not going to be a cap crunch at all. It's looking pretty open and pretty uh, easy, especially if you move on all, uh, move on from all the UFAs. So take advantage of that. Get a guy that maybe has that has one year left on term, and you're getting assets back for your future. Maybe you're able to squeeze out a Brendan Rasson from there. Oof, I man, I mean, they for, would. They, they, I mean, how desperate are they? Is the question? They have to move. They have to move out salary to but get. I mean, Brisson's what? I mean, is he their best prospect right now? Probably. But he was a late first round pick. Well, I think that if you're taking the logic of the Ducks maybe don't want to pick now, especially a, a first round pick from Vegas might not be quite what they want. And you look more at the prospect pool, someone who's closer to making it. I mean, Brendan Brisson is probably one of I mean, is he the only name in Vegas that you're interested in? Yeah. And the thing is at the end of the day, right? He was a late first round pick. I mean, I know one name. I mean, he's not really young anymore. Uh, but I mean, well, I shouldn't say that he's not really considered a prospect anymore, but Nick Haig, I mean, he's 23, he's a left shot. And so maybe that is your kind of bridge replacement for Hampus Lindholm. Yeah, I, don't I, 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 to... I don't, I don't think they're going to be moving, moving Nick Haig. Well, unless you send something back, but yeah. I mean, that could be your guy. I mean, is Nick Haig even good? I just feel like I hear his name a lot. Uh, no clue. But yeah, agree. I just feel like I hear his name a lot. But regardless, they're gonna have to do something. And if uh, you're the... yeah, he's he's not that great defensively. But yeah, no, yeah. they're gonna have to do something. Did you also hear that uh, Josh Manson? Apparently, Toronto is on his oh, is that's on right. his list. Yes, here's my kind of thought process. There, I think that he they're on his no trade list. Um, I think he probably just has all of Canada. <laughs> I would assume that Hurtful. probably if you were to approach him. He would probably, for the stretch run of the season, he would probably take it. Yeah, did you see today? I think it was Craig Button saying on TSN that the Ducks, or the Ducks, the, the Leafs need a heavy, they need a heavier defenseman. Oh, that's that's the con- that's all of what uh, essentially hockey media is saying. Yeah, about the Leafs. And, so, and, and every single person in hockey media thinks that Josh Manson's amazing. Yeah, the, I feel like his name just won't go away and connect. Well, to the and, Leafs. and the narrative is, I don't care if he's good or not. He plays a heavy game and that's what the Leafs need. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it is pretty funny how devoid it is of information, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think, would you say Josh Manson plays a heavy game? No, I think he plays like a, like a wild game when he plays that, when he goes out of his way to make hits also is when he's all, when he is at his worst. <laughs> right. Well, he also tries to fight and that doesn't, seem to ever really go that well for him he gets injured 
Yeah, um, but but regardless, kind of back to to the original thought there is, I think that even though they're on his no trade list, I could very easily see him uh, understanding with where the Leafs are this season. They're one of the best teams in the league. Well, he could have a chance to really up his own stock for free agency. Correct. And so, sure, he may not want to go to Canada, but he's able to be on a cup contender, potentially win a cup, and up his uh, value for free agency. Right. So I, I think that if you approached him and said, this is the best deal we have, well, this is only for the best a few team. weeks. It's yeah. not like he's going there forever. Yeah. So I, I think that, well, yes, it makes it harder to make a deal. I don't think it makes it a complete, uh, it's a, yeah, non-starter basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, there's still so much left to be decided, but it's going to be fascinating. Yep. All right. Want to start getting some questions? Yeah, let's do it. All right, and so we're going to go to our Discord first, then I got a Twitter DM, and then we'll start getting to Twitch. But, uh, yeah, Shaken Wings asked uh, today, uh, this morning, actually, is Trevor Zegers the face of the league yet? Let me ask ask a different question, and this will get us to the answer. Who who is the current face of the NHL? Does the NHL even have a face? I mean, you would probably say it's Connor McDavid, but he's not exactly an entertaining or exciting personality. Yeah, you know, you you could say that again. Um, I mean, is it Austin Matthews? Once again, and very dry personality. <laughs> yeah, but but see, this is the weird thing with Matthews. Everyone talks about him as if he has this awesome personality because he wears like Jordans to games. No, he has and, like like, a... sh- and like short shorts with the beanie on. He has good style. Does he? Yeah. Okay. Okay, we'll we'll let we'll 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 just table that one. Um, I think it might be Matthews. It's one of Matthews or McDavid. I think you could say. Yeah, I think it's sh- it's going to be Zegers. I think Zegers is going to be the face of the game in the U.S. Yeah, I, I mean he's. I will say this: he's already the face of the league to kids. Oh yeah, I, I think, and and that's really what matters longer term, right? Yep. Is is who the kids are watching. I mean, if you're a kid right now growing up playing hockey. Who who is more exciting, or or who who is drawing your attention more than Trevor Zegers? I mean, maybe Connor McDavid, maybe Austin Matthews. Yeah, but Matthews isn't like a viral type player because he doesn't have those crazy crazy highlights. I mean, he's an excellent player in his own way, and one I'm of the best players take, in the league. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, arguably the best player in the league. So I'm mm-hmm. not trying to take anything away from him. McDavid has the highlight reel, right? And I but I think that the thing with McDavid is that it's harder to like if you're a young player, it's it's harder to aspire to become Connor McDavid because what he does at an elite level, which is skate to me, uh, well it's the combination of skating and stick handling, at an, at a at a very high speed, it's harder to get to that point, right? It, it's not something that you can just work on every day. Like you need you need a sheet of ice, you need crazy athletic potential, and you need everything to break right. Whereas with Trevor Zegers, the stuff that he's doing, like I said with that move. I can like that he did in the breakaway challenge. I can go try that whenever I can try it in the driveway. I can go to a stick time, the stuff that he's doing in games, like the flip, you already see people trying in a practice. So I think that younger players, it's easier for them to conceptualize being the next Trevor Zegras. I mean, it was the same thing with Patrick Kane and who Trevor Zegras cited model, as being yeah, his model his game after. So I think that, yes, like he is the face right now for the younger generation and it's not going to be long before he's just the face of the league. Yeah. Yep. Uh, completely. Green bastard asked, does Felix play halo after the podcast? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I I can't hear out of my right 
head, headset, right headphone. And when you're playing a, a shooter where you need to hear where grenades are bouncing, that's a bit of an issue. Yeah. So. Ducks Golfing said, do you think the Ducks will actually make the playoffs considering how many more games the Ducks have played compared to some of the teams right behind them? Uh, so this is a good uh, good time to point out, right, the actual standings, mm-hmm. seeing as no one really wants to actually report where the Ducks are in terms of points percentage. Yeah, well, I mean, certainly no one that works with, you know, for the Ducks, like the broadcast or the, yeah. the surrounding media. So here's the issue the Ducks have right now. In the Pacific Division, they currently sit fifth with yeah, a 573 points, points per, 573 points percentage. And in the Western Conference, let's see really quickly where that would put them. That puts them one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ninth. And yeah. so they they are on the outside looking in of, of a playoff spot right now from points percentage perspective. Yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a battle. And I I made a bold claim a few months ago that yeah. they were gonna make the playoffs. I was on board with that. Little did we know that they would go on and get COVID and Dallas Akins would do a lot of dumb things. And... Well, the thing, the thing is that the entire league has had the COVID thing. So Correct. I think we, we can, we can take that as a given. The Dallas um, Akins doing dumb things part is a different well, story. But their, their overall play has just kind of slipped. And now they've also lost Sonny Milano. Yep. We, we don't necessarily know when he's coming back. He's still listed on IR. Um, so there's a lot of concern, but, I think one thing you can say is that John Gibson, though, has risen. Yeah. Has risen from the ash and, and, is, and is inserting himself into the Vezina conversation. So I will stick to my prediction. The Ducks find a way. Sure. Wow. Why don't you come out and say that you don't think they're going to make it instead of taking that tone? Sure. That's that's cowardly. I'm sorry. Sure. That's cowardly. Kim Paffy said, will Z ever recover from his terrible plus minus? Why, God, why? We Couldn't we just get a good prospect that could stay on the plus side? <laughs> yeah. If you couldn't well, tell sarcasm. Yeah. Uh, plus minus doesn't matter. No. People need to stop citing plus minus. It's the worst stat in the league. I mean, by people, do you mean like uh, every people? A, a crap ton of hockey media? And a crap ton of Red Wings fans? Yeah. They're obsessed. So, they are. It is insane. Mm-hmm. J- uh, yeah, it just absolutely they must, they must have been so furious to see that feature that Trevor Zegers got. Yeah. Because absolutely. of the fact that he wasn't in the All-Star game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, uh, preferential treatment for uh, the, the Anaheim yeah. Ducks. Yeah, he's done nothing to, to deserve this attention. Yeah, Ducks Jagernaut, Fli- Eric. Flippy puck uh, guy. Yeah, flippy puck guy. Uh, assuming Verbeek takes the sell route at the deadline, stocks up on prospects and picks, what do you think the main focus area of improvement will be? I think they address the blue line for prospects and let the scoring guys keep coming up through the system. And I think that uh, some people end up frustrated that they aren't getting NHL-ready goal scorers. So this is in terms of who they will get at the deadline? Just what prospects and picks? Where are they going to focus on kind of building out their their system? I think that the Ducks need more guys, and I think that this is something they're going to look at, is they need more guys who can step in and be contributors at forward. Uh, because they don't have... I mean, they have guys in the system who can potentially be that, like your Braden Tracy's, Jacob Perot. Eventually, Max Jones will come back, but he's more of a third, fourth liner. So I think you kind of need more guys like that. And I, I mean, this is something that Bob Murray was trying to do, <laughs> uh, going out and getting the likes of Alexander Volkov. I think that I think that that is an area that they may look at because what's been one of the biggest weaknesses? What's been the single biggest weakness for the Ducks this season? It's their bottom six. 
mm-hmm. they don't have a good bottom six. They have a terrible bottom six. And so I would I would imagine that they're going to look to address that in some way. Yep. Both at the uh, deadline and longer term. Yeah, and I think also at the deadline, maybe they're going to try to find uh, this is more so a flip situation, but try to get someone to fill the Lindholm uh, hole, the, the a top-pairing left-hand shot defenseman. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Winterborn said, if you're Verbeek, what teams are you ideally making a deal with if the Ducks sell? Yeah, I feel like that's a good question for you. I think any GM that's going to be an idiot. <laughs> so if I, the Blackhawks hire a baseball GM? I actually don't mind that. You and I see that someone, very differently. Someone, someone needs to explain that to me. Well, the I mean, logic... I'm not saying it can't work. I just think it's funny. Well, the logic there is that you're bringing in someone from an outside perspective and someone with yeah, a whole yeah, different yeah. view. Yeah, I, I, I get that. But don't and you, you have and to you understand sur- and you sur- the and you, Well, no. You surround no. them with hockey. No, stop. Hear me oh. out. Hear me. The okay. no was, was meant for something. You surround them with actual like scouts and things like that, and they know how to run the business perspective and know how to assess value when they see it. And it's just a different sport. And it's similar with, like, for instance, guys from uh, hockey have gone out. Well, one that I can think of off the top of my head, Ralph Kruger, going and becoming the chairman at Southampton. And what did that do? He actually did a decent job from what I recall at Southampton. Okay. So what you're saying, let me just recap your argument. Yeah. Is that... My argument is different perspective from a sport that uh, un- that understands and utilizes numbers in okay. a very heavy aspect. Well, and so, so I, if- think, I think the assumption for your argument to work is that he has to understand, he has to apply that and understand how Correct. to apply it in, in hockey. Correct. And, and you I get, feel like and, that... And, well, and here's the thing. A, if that, he's, that shouldn't be a given. If he's interviewing for this job, he has to have a plan. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, the thing is, maybe we're overvaluing how much you need to understand the sport itself. Yeah. That's the thing. Right. So I think that's fair. You have to I understand just... value. That's it. And here's the other thing. Well, you, you also it... need to understand what, what drives winning. Well, here's the other thing. If you bring in someone from an outside perspective, he's able to maybe assess some uh, market inefficiencies. Yeah. Like I'm not trying to say that, um, you know, hockey lifers have this great, <laughs> track record yeah db i see that in the chat i'm taking into account that most are idiots you're talking about but but like but that's a bad comparison though like we're 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 saying a guy from a different sport different league different cap different everything could come in and be great in the nhl i'm rooting for it i actually would want to see that because i feel like that would be such like to that comment about how most nhl gms are idiots i feel like that would be a great kind of shot across the bow that you don't even have, you don't have to have played in the NHL. You don't even have to have played hockey to, to, to be a good NHL GM. Yeah. So that would be pretty funny. That would be yeah. pretty funny. Exactly. So, uh, what were we even talking about? I don't know. Uh, who, what teams would you ideally make a deal with? Oh, I was going to say, or if they get, or if they hire Peter Shirelli. Yeah. Peter Shirelli. Um, why are they even interviewing him? Edmonton is one I would target. Toronto, I think, is smart, but well, I think Philly, that they're in it. Philly is the is the idiot the idiot team right yeah. now, or one Philly, of the idiot teams. Philly is Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh mm-hmm. for Delorier. Supposedly, I guess they would really value. Well, Brian Delorier. Burke is just has a first round pick in his hand that he's oh. just waiting to hand. I mean, to, man, to the, I to I can see Brian Burke really wanting Josh Manson also. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, any heavy I mean, player. New York Rangers. Yeah, just any any team with a, a GM or a leadership core that values playing heavy yeah exactly um uh Doesn't heavy hey, also def- mean slow 
anyway. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Heyo Flow said, for Felix, will John Moxley and Brian Danielson join forces as an AEW tag team? This is for you, not for me. <laughs> um, I don't have a, I don't yes have or an no. answer for that. Yes or I'll no? Go, I'll go with yes, though. Okay. It, sound, uh, it sounds believable. Lewis, I'm saving your question until after we get through a bunch more because he has a question about a city. Uh, JJ Stone Drum says, take your shot right now at uh, what draft pick do the Ducks have at the end of the year? Just, Ooh, I will go 14th. So they're missing the playoffs. Continue. <laughs> Continue. So, so Continue. you're hedging? Hedging? Continue. Continue. <laughs> Let's go with 18th. Okay. So you're just you're just all over the, the map. I said sure. I didn't say they weren't making it. You were the one that said they were. Continue. Continue, please. <laughs> Could you see the broadcast changing at all with a new GM? Like how they talk about certain players or how they talk about the game? Well, yes, because a lot of what the broadcast says to the listener comes from the organization, right? They talk to the GM, they talk to the coaches, they talk to the players, right? And so like the, 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 the broadcast crew isn't on every uh, press conference. They're, they're, they're at every morning skate. And so, Yes, the fact that you have a new GM and eventually you're going to have different people around him, uh, that's going to change a little bit the stuff we're going to hear, for sure. Yep, completely agreed. Uh, Lewis X209 said, score prediction and MVP for the Super Bowl. Oh, oh, oh man, score prediction. Uh, let's go 21-17, MVP, Cooper Cup. I'm gonna, So you have Rams winning? Yeah. Unfortunately, I, I'll go 24, 21 bangles with Joe Burrow as the MVP. Okay. I'm, I'm a bigger fan of your prediction, by the way. Okay. I figured you would be Uh Winterborn said, are the ducks a worse team next year? Ooh, that's an interesting question. I'm going to go with no, because Trevor Zegers is a year older. Well, I don't think they will be because I think we're kind of overestimating how good they are right now a little bit just by standings. I think that next year I have more faith that they're actually going to be better constructed in terms of their lineup. And I have more faith that whether it's Dallas Aikens coaching or a different coach, that the coach will have better, uh, a better mission Inform- statement from the better top. information, whole yeah. lot of, just better. So overall. I think that they'll, they'll just be more competent next year. And, yeah. and of course, Trevor Zegras is going to be a year better. And maybe at some point, Jamie Drysdale will be replacement level. So. By the way, I want to mention the reason why we haven't talked about the USA Canada women's game for anyone listening tomorrow is because well, we it's going it's going on right now and it's on it's one nothing yeah. currently. For who? Uh, Canada. Oh, nice. Yeah, love that. Uh, don't don't just stop. Don't don't love it. Okay. Uh, Darko Theory said best unexpected duck to have a bigger second half of the season. I feel like Max Contois is due. Yeah. Right. I feel like his shot rates are all about the same as they were last year. He hasn't been finishing to the same degree. It just feels like a matter of time before he starts piling up some goals. You know what? I'm just going to go out on a limb and says Max Jones has a good return. <laughs> what would what would qualify as a good return for Max Jones? Uh, five or six goals. Okay. Oh, you're looking at it from, from that perspective. Sure. Okay. I don't know. By the way, the over-under for the Rams-Bengals game, the Super Bowl... <laughs> is 48 and a half so we're both under interesting yeah 
Uh, all right. Then we got this DM from even Wilder wearing Troy Terry's confidence says, I would love to hear you and Felix discuss this. Uh, I know I kind of joke about it, uh, but I've seriously been thinking about the fact that both Kasha and Sprong are at the end of their deals on teams that are currently in their contending window. Could you realistically see either of them coming back for any of our UFAs as Washington and Toronto prepare for their postseason? I think it's an interesting thought because both of those guys are definitely more analytically friendly players. And so would Pat Verbeek maybe value them more? I mean, if I'm listening to Pat Verbeek's comments about what makes a good player, an effective player, you know, strength and all that, I don't really know if either of them meet that because Daniel Sprong, that's just, that's never been really his rap. And then with Andre Kasha, he's always hurt. So I kind of have a hard time seeing Also, I guess, I think Kasha has been a big player in Toronto. And they, they've really liked his game. Maybe so they'll just bring him back. I yeah. think he's just being brought back. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, here's the thing. If you're a team in a contending window, you don't necessarily move out your UFAs. You keep them as your own rentals. Right, right. So that would be a summer move. I don't know. I, I don't see it really happening with either of them. Um, all right. Trevor Zegoat said, uh, let's see. He has two questions. What are the chances the Ducks go back to the old eggplant and jade color schemes this offseason or next year? Uh, or this offseason or the next old jersey slash uh, Zegers new number and name on the back would be cool. So do we know when the Ducks current look is set to like when can they renew that? Because whenever, is, whenever is, is, that... is it year over year? Yeah, you can do all you have. You just can't change it. And when you've uh, I think when you've made a I change, it worked that... where like you have it for a set period of time. No, for some. OK, nope, nope. It's just you. When you make the change, you have to keep it for like three okay. years. Okay. Let me ask like you. That. Let me ask you a. Let me ask. Let me respond to your question by asking my own question. This okay. is becoming my new favorite tactic. Okay. When when does OC vibe get built? I think it's like twenty twenty four. I think that's when they do it. I no. I think they're gonna Before? change it. I think they're gonna change it soon, but it's gonna be in uh, the orange home jersey. I, I just don't think that I don't think they go back to eggplant jade. I wish they would. I don't think they will. Explain. I think that the fact that OC vibe has OC in it, I think they're gonna like the orange with the right. orange orange county vibe. Uh, I think okay. all those. I, I think they keep orange. I, I actually tend to agree that I don't think eggplant and jade is coming back. As, but they I should. Think, I think that they may find a way to work it in more. Like I maybe think they make may, a third jersey. Yeah, like I think that they can't look. We've all talked about how the pandemic has crushed revenue for these teams. The Ducks have just, they could print money with well, bringing back Eggplant and Jade in any capacity within their rotation. Do you think that the players have any say in it, in this? Not a ton. I think Not that they, ton. I think there is some say though. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe Trevor Zegras as part of his negotiation for his next contract. That's that's. <laughs> that's not where I was going, but I think that Ryan gets off with someone that necessarily probably didn't like eggplant and Jay. So if they asked his opinion on stuff, well, I mean, Brian Burke was the one behind the Anaheim ducks rename. So So that's why I kind of think that as Trevor's egress becomes more prominent, as all these guys start to become more prominent that like the eggplant and Jay jerseys, but but I I think there might be some influence there. I think that that's a distant second to the main reason, which is just that this Jersey is going to, you know, burn down the house with all the money it's going to bring in. Yeah. So, that's, that's fair. That's the biggest thing. Also, but, but I think what you're saying is likelier. I just will say this. I really don't want to see that orange jersey as the permanent home. Like, it's just too much orange. Oh, I like it, but you got to change the numbers from black to white. 
too much orange. The numbers suck. Like it needs serious tweaking for it to be the, sure. the permanent home. But All it's right. still better than their current home. I will Correct. say that. I forgot to do the spiel. So yes, uh, we're on. If you want to come uh, join us live at 8 p.m. every Monday at twitch.tv slash crash the pond, you can do Pacific. that. What did I say? You just said 8 p.m., but you didn't. Oh, well. There was no eh, follow-up. Close enough. Uh, you can join us at 8 p.m. Pacific, and you have Amazon Prime. You get one free Twitch Prime gaming sub each and every month. You do have to hit that subscribe button after 30 days, and it does help support the show. You get special badges in the chat, special emote, or special emotes in the chat, special badges next to your name. And you can be just like Darko Theory, who resubbed for nine months, uh, as did Fat Jarrell, who resubbed for 11 months. So thank you all so much uh, for doing that. And also, this is from when we did the uh, the emergency pod. Chicken, chicken taco salad, and I bet you could guess who this is, resubbed uh, for five months. And his message which has, was hashtag free Jack Copaca. <laughs> Great bastard. Mm-hmm. Uh, O-Dog81 said, question, now that Verbeek is the new GM, what lineup changes do you foresee this Friday? Huh. That is a great question that I don't really have a good answer to. I haven't even thought that far ahead yet, honestly. No, I've thought about it, but I just don't know. I, I, I'm i not really sure like what, how he views this roster. So we'll, yeah. we'll get some hints, though. I, I can tell you that much. Austin Price 529 said, do you oh, think... Oh, Ed- I'll give you one. I'll give you one. I want to answer the question thoroughly. Uh, Jamie Drysdale not on the first pairing. Or is okay. that more of a hope? Is that more of a hope? Yeah, that's not happening. That's that's gonna be wrong. Why why would it be wrong? Because be- it's gonna it's gonna be wrong. <laughs> okay, it's gonna be wrong because it's gonna be wrong. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Austin Price five two nine said, "Question: Do you think any of the better top prospects will be seeing or will see playing time for the Ducks the rest of the season? If so, who specifically has the best chance?" I could see Jacob Perot coming in after the after the the trade deadline and some guys get shipped out like there's going to be more room for him so uh, i could see getting some more time yeah or Braden but, tracy like what someone from san diego is getting time yeah i think it, if anyone it's going to be lucas alvenis sure or you could you could throw his name in there by the way thank you ducks Jaggernaut, saying thank you felix for standing up for us non-californians i would have tuned in an hour early there you go that's why we don't assume Time zones. Eric, get out of Arizona. How dare how dare you to assume a time zone? Eric, get out of Arizona. <laughs> there you go. Uh DB Lowry said, uh or wait, where where am I? Oh, did you see uh, Cody Curran's playing forward? Yeah, weird. Very I guess weird. uh he's definitely not gonna get a call up if that's what's happening. Uh Dalton Key said, question top three ducks goal scores in the remaining games. Ooh. Okay. So this is starting from zero, not mm-hmm. building on who's already scored. Correct. Uh, I mean, I think Troy Terry's got to be in there, right? Yep. Has to be. I think Max Contois is going to be in there. And then who would be my number three? Adam Henrique. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. Yep. There we go. Because uh, Ricard Raquel will not be on but the who's team gonna the whole lead, season. Who's going to lead, though, in goals that they didn't actually score? Oh, it's always Sam Steele. It's got to be Sam Steele. The Steel, answer right? to that's always Sam Steele. <laughs> um, DB Lowry said, if you had to adopt a fan tradition from another fan base, i.e., throwing octopus onto the ice or jumping through folding tables, which would it be? Huh? Oh, I have a fun one. Everyone's going to hate this, but the Ole Ole's in Montreal. I love that. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm technically a... that's your fan base. So, well, it's still, a. I, I feel like I'm, I think I, I think I'm answering the spirit of the question. Okay. Uh, I would steal 
the what Nashville and San Jose do with having like a predator and a shark come down when they come out. Oh, have the mighty duck head and have the mighty duck logo come down and you could, they would skate under it. Dang, dang, you're not gonna win any fans with that one. That's hopping, a good idea. Wow, Nashville. I don't care. Hopping Nashville and the Sharks. The, the actual the, the question was adopting a tradition from another team. Can you imagine it, how badly the Blackhawks would get canceled if they if they did that with their logo? Anyway. <laughs> Uh, Mark Hendrickson, 61, said, question, what do you think about Florida signing overager, overager uh, Matt Guzda? Do you think it, uh, this could signal Knight's involvement in trade talks, maybe even for Chikrin? They share an AHL affiliate with Seattle, so I don't imagine both Guzda and Knight get consistent time in net long term. Uh, that's the first time I've heard that name. So he was mentioned, I think, on uh, 32 Thoughts, but he's a guy that started late. He's big. He's like 6'7". And so there were a lot of teams with interest in him. I don't think it necessarily means anything, to be honest. He's an overager that wasn't drafted. I think he has uh, some people excited because of his size and how he's been able to do, but he's a project. And so I don't think it means anything for Spencer Knight at all. And also you add in the fact that um, the affiliate with Seattle, that uh, changes next season. So that's only for the rest of this year. So I would imagine that Spencer Knight's not going to be in the AHL very long. He's going to be in NHL or soon. So I don't think this really impacts anything with Knight and Chikrin. Um, yeah. I don't think it's a signal for anything. I, I feel like we've missed the biggest storyline of the weekend. What? Which is Sam Steele's face being on Trevor Zegers' oh, yeah. press pass or, or credential yeah. for, for the All-Star game. And How does that and, happen? And the Photoshop of you on the press pass. <laughs> I made it to the All-Star game. You Look did. at me. Uh, Chris Kindred said, will you watch, be watching any Olympic hockey? Yeah, probably. It's I mean, I am currently the, the, the yeah, you, you're watching hockey games as we're trying to record this podcast. Yeah. So, you know, multitask. Why um, though? Why? Why? Cause I want to see if the U S scores and wins. Okay. Fair but enough. yes, I honestly, I think for the men's tournament, women's tournament, obviously rooting for team USA, the women's tournament's actually really, really fun. It always is. It's definitely something everyone should watch. Um, for the men's tournament, I think, weirdly, I'm probably going to be watching. I'm, I'm way more interested in Team Canada. A large part of that is due to Mason McTavish. Look at you turning into a, a, a true-blooded Canadian. I mean, I never said I was rooting for them. I just said I'm more I, interested. I, mean, I have I have receipts I can pull. Don't okay. worry. Don't okay. worry, folks. Uh, Ducks Dragonaut says, do the Ducks get Capo Caco? I'm going to say most likely not. Yeah, isn't there chatter that there's, like, interest there that the guys on New York, their younger guys, might be available? No I, I saw Lafreniere's name out there. Anyway. No clue. A uh, litter gal says, when does Jones come back? Well, what was it? Four to six months. And that was in about October. I'm looking right now. Max so, Jones is out four to six months. And that was October 23rd. Yeah. So let's see. November, December. I think we're four months right now. No. Well, no. It was October 23rd. We're almost at four months. We're like three point something yeah you're right yeah so yeah i mean yeah something like so he's he's still at probably at least a few weeks away but more likely about a couple months away i would say wow uh o dog 81 just throwing shots and i love it uh with things that we say right interesting uh i've noticed that you guys tend to say regardless quite a bit okay if slash when raquel gets traded can you guys say regardless for the whole podcast as a tribute to the swede Sure. Sure thing. Yeah. Uh, Team USA just scored. Okay. One now, to one. Now you can stop paying attention to the game. Why? 
It's one to one. Because you were you you said you were tracking to see if they're going to score. I said and win and win. No, you didn't say that. I said and win. You didn't say that. Yeah, Winterbourne, right? With the USA, USA, USA chat. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to read every single USA. <laughs> Who got the goal? Let's see. Who scored? Who scored? Why are Trying we doing see. this? Why are we doing this? <laughs> uh, uh, DB Lowry says he would bring in drums and brass and do a standing room section. Ooh, that's a great idea. Do a standing section in Honda okay. Center. I'm shaking my head. Why? I'm just shaking my head. Just All right. You. Is it time, Felix? Four. For uh, Lewis's question. What is Lewis's question? What are our thoughts on Stavley, Alberta? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this again? This again? The people keep asking. I mean, you're, Lewis keeps asking. <laughs> like, uh, let's be very clear. We, we have so many people reply to us with shit show or whatever we whatever we that millions. town was last we have you like my tweet last week, by the way. Oh, Stavely, this doesn't look horrible, actually. This is uh, just south of Calgary. Stavely, Alberta. This is like close. This is closer than Calgary to the U.S. border. There's a Stavely's pizza and Sta- pasta. Stavely's pizza and pasta. Let's let's well, let's check it out. Let, let's go for a walk around town. Uh, needed to. <laughs> this is a great review from Lester Benz. Needed to eat after a long day on the ice. Not open being New Year's Day, but these guys were. And boy, did we luck out. Excellent pizza, great fettuccine, according to my son, and wonderful service. Very reasonable prices. We'll be back the next time we are in the area for sure. Lester, when the hell will you be back in Stavely, Alberta? Wait, where is this pizza? It says it's on this this street. Is that it? I mean, it. I'm just that, trying to figure out why, why is the name like all lowercase on Google Maps? I feel like that that's weird. That's not normal. Is this the pizza place? That's Golden Age Center. I'm looking at it. it. Well, it's it's. I think it's in it's in the Sunshine Cafe. Oh, it's inside the Sunshine Cafe. Yeah, I think so. There's a buffet on Friday and Saturday starting at five. Wow. Senior senior only ten ninety five. Damn. Damn. Now I'm hyped. Yeah. All right, let's see. Uh, DB Lowry says, "I look, look. I tune into the show to watch Felix mispronounce Canadian words and rip on random Canadian cities. So, see, people want this. Am I ripping? I'm actually like, I'm, I'm giving them their flowers. <laughs> you are. There's a Stavely Arena. Ooh. Wait, where, Ooh. where, where's the arena? Oh, there it is. It's, it's up, it's up 50 Street, on the on the corner of 51 Avenue. I'm on Avenue. it. I'm on it. Yeah, we can go play some hockey and then main entrance. The- what does it say?" Action plan to action. I mean, this this city really has it all. You've got a hockey rink, you've got a pizza and pasta, and you've got a. It looks a, like there's a community a, wait, center. Wait, yes. it looks like the arena has. A, are we sure this is an ice rink? No, it's it's. Well, if you click on it, there's pictures of uh, horses. Like an ice rink. No, there. Oh, there is. Because yeah, there's, here's, there's here's the thing, Jake. There's that, horse stalls behind here's it. Here's what I need to explain to you. And I'm not from Western Canada, but the reason why commentators and players call it the barn, like they, they refer to the arena as the barn, is because in Western Canada, the arenas literally look like barns. They're played no, 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 barns. No, 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 no. In the, in the back of it, there's horses. Or there's yeah, like a horse What stable. do you think is in a barn? They okay. play in barns. Okay. We're, we're, uh, we've been told by uh, O-Dog to Yorkton, Saskatchewan. Okay. Okay. Let, let, let's see. I'm scared. 
Let's see. Where where oh, is my. this? Where is this? Because yeah. that was actually pretty Ooh, mild. That is in the N- middle of. Neither of these are that far north. Yeah, you you guys you guys are not like we've seen it all already. This, yeah, this is, th- there's this is light there's stuff. there's multiple streets in Yorkton. <laughs> there, there's a whole neighborhood. There's a there's a McDonald's. There's a, there's a brewery. Back forty brewery. It looks there is. Nice. There's yeah. a McDonald's. There's a Dairy Queen. It was closed today though. Why is it closed? It's closed it's on Monday, and Tuesday, and Sunday. Dang. Wow. So. But it's got a 4.7 stars out of five. Um, good. Our good friend Daniel has now tuned in and saying, this is why Canadian play- players are so gritty on the ice. Daniel, I'm, I'm great. Uh, glad you're tuning in for our uh, signature segment. Pick a random <laughs> Canadian city for us, please. I think you got to go. I think you got to go Northwest Territories or Yukon or Nunavut. How do you pronounce that? Who knows? I, am I pronouncing something wrong again? I'm now just looking for High Prairie. High Prairie. High Prairie, that? High Prairie is looking pretty in Alberta. None of it. Nunavut. High Prairie, Alberta. Oh, I put High River. My bad. Wow. A lot of wow. high. A lot of high cities. Yeah. There's a Holiday Inn Express. Oh yeah. See that this that already a days disqualifies in. it. A, a days is... in. How is there a Holiday Inn? Ex- is there a Holiday Inn Express in every city in North America? Like there has to be, right? Yeah. If, if there's one in High Prairie, Alberta. Here's the Wait, thing. here's here, here's what's gonna happen. Wait, you know what needs to happen? We need to go to that Yorkton brewery. <laughs> yes. Well, here's what's gonna happen. We're gonna we're gonna do this segment for long enough. We're gonna talk about enough random cities to where we're gonna actually gonna get someone. Someone's gonna reply that's from one of these places. That's my yeah. prediction. I hope uh, that happens. Yeah. We need to find someone who's from. Let's pick a random city. Desmaris. I I definitely did not say that right. Desmaris. Desmaris? Oh, it's that's pronounced Demare. Oh. <laughs> God. God. Uh, uh I guess camp oh we got oh oh O Dog's from Yorkton. That's there we why. go. I told you it was gonna happen. That's why he said we need to to go to it. Alright. Sorry, we, sorry, sorry, O Dog. We we've got camp we've got one more. Campobello Island, New Brunswick. You need a US passport to ac- access it. What? Wait, what? What is it? What is it called? Campobello. Campobello. I, yeah, I'm the just... only way to get to it is through Maine. Wow. Wait, what? Oh, I see that. No, there's a, there has no. There's a bridge. There's a bridge that you can get in from. Where? Go north, through Richardson. I don't see a bridge. Oh wait, wait, zoom back out a little bit. Yeah, there's a bridge right there. Where? This? That line, that dotted line, is that not a bridge? No, that's a ferry. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, then then I guess you're you're stuck on Campobello Island. Jeez. Let, let's see what is here. It looks like a lot of nothing. There's a, a consolidated school and a Christian camp. Nice, nice. There's a okay. pier waterfront. We need tennis. island cruises. We we keep, people are just punching air right now. Uh. People are just furious that we're that we're going this deep. Yep. All right. I think. Oh. Oh. Wait. There's one more thing that we have to do. Oh. Okay. What is that thing? Oh. No one did anything in in twi- in our Discord. I- I'm disappointed in everyone. Don't you Not- have to pull up the, the you have to pull up a food? Yeah. Tank. The last one is you asking, do I get post pot in and out? Well, just just ignore mine. Uh, your la- then your other one is eating grapes. <laughs> That's my new thing is I just put what I'm eating at that moment. 
let's 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 see the last one. Oh, let's go with this. We'll go out on a high note. I'll find the last a truly awful taken okay yeah i think that that's a good way to do it jj stone drums said am i a psychopath for loving cold boneless wings from wingstop Mm, it's not it's not terrible it's not terrible it's not great it it, it's suboptimal i don't think you're a psychopath though there's worse i mean you could be jake and not like avocado (laughs) egg and fish yep that's that is cancel worthy those three alone (laughs) okay you want to land the ship (laughs) wow jake is just ducking now after i've turned the people against him wow um Uh, should i ask you about tomorrow what's tomorrow i don't know you tell me (laughs) why am i blanking okay uh well if you've enjoyed what was this podcast what is this show if you've enjoyed what we do and you want to help support it help it keep going well there's a few easy ways for you to do that the number one way is to go to patreon.com slash crash the pond. And for $1 a month, you get access to the best Ducks community, the best thriving Ducks community on the internet. That is our Discord server. You get to connect, bond with other diehard Ducks fans. It was kind of crazy this weekend. Our our food uh, channel was going crazy. Our hockey talk, like there, there was a lot going on this weekend. So it's a great way to connect. It's also a great way to just, you know, discuss what's going on with the team when there's trades going down, when in games you can have the live game chat. Um, it's just a really fun place to be. It's for a dollar a month, and you support this show and help us keep this thing going. I think it's a great deal. Now, for $5 a month, you still get access to the Discord server, but you also get access to two bonus episodes a month. So if you enjoy what we do on the show and you want to get a more detailed, unfiltered version of it where maybe we do league-wide rankings or we go more in-depth on the Ducks, you get that for 5 bucks a month. And if you really love us, if you just want us to thrive, if you want to see us continue to shine, then you can pledge $15 a month and we will greatly, greatly appreciate it. That's all at patreon.com slash crash the pond. Now, if you don't want to pledge anything monthly, that's totally fine. You can leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And this week we have a new rate we have a new review to read. So if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, just search for Crash the Pond. We will read it out loud on this show. And we've got a good one here, Jake. Uh, This one coming from SM Phoenix. And the title is Fun Banter and Informative Content. I'm glad that the banter is fun, first of all. This is a five this is a five-star review. This is this is no this is no slouch. Um, I'll read it. I would just like to say this podcast is great. I have been a Ducks fan ever since the Mighty Ducks movies came out. But over the past couple of years of the pandemic, lack of connecting with friends, lack of going to games, lack of excitement in the Ducks performances, it's been hard to be involved in the Ducks fan experience. This podcast has really helped me reconnect with the Ducks. I'm excited what the future brings to the Ducks organization and the fun and informative takeaways that Felix and Jake bring to the table. SM Phoenix, thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. The last couple of years have definitely been hard, but I think... uh, we're doing what we can to make the, make it fun, make it interesting. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you want to connect, I would definitely recommend to check out our our uh, Discord server. So correct. Yeah. If uh, if if you've been enjoying the show, you can leave us a rating and a review there, and it is greatly greatly appreciated. You can also find us on Spotify. You can leave us a rating there, and you can find us on YouTube. YouTube.com/slash/CrashThePond. You can see the video version of the show. You can see the 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 video from the Twitch stream. You can see the charts that we post you can see now our google maps yeah edition frenzies 
<laughs> I can't believe that's actually a thing now. Um, that's at youtube.com slash crash the pond. Make sure that you subscribe and that you turn on your notifications. You can also check out our website, crashthepond.com. Got lots of cool articles going up there. We've got an article right now from our very own CJ Woodling about, I think, why he hates Jamie Drysdale is my takeaway. I don't know. Could be wrong about that. Wow. But in all seriousness, it's worth checking out. Very detailed. Um, you can also get very cool hoodies and T-shirts that sport our awesome logo if you go to crashthepond.com slash shop. You can also find Crash the Pond on Twitter, at Crash the Pond, and on Facebook. Jake is on Twitter, at ReindeerGames91. Make sure to follow him. I guess I should say this now, Jake. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. It was your birthday over the weekend, and we haven't even discussed that yet. Yeah, it was. Did you have a good birthday? I did. Okay. Nothing, nothing else? Nothing, no. No other comments for the people? Okay. No, all good. Um, if you're list- if you made it this far, wish Jake a belated happy birthday uh, on Twitter or wherever, <laughs> where- wherever you have access to him. Uh, tweet him at ReindeerGames91. And I'm on Twitter at Felix underscore Sicard. That will do it for our pod tonight, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you next week. Have a good one. Bye. <laughs>